Right, so I just parked, uh, getting out in front of the uh, Summerfest grounds here. Anyone familiar with Milwaukee is familiar with the Summerfest grounds. Uh, Walking in March, late March, and there's a few inches of snow on the ground, classic Wisconsin, uh, past the Summerfest grounds, really across from Milwaukee's greatest natural resource, which is Lake Michigan. And, you know, spring birds are out, the hum of traffic to my left, but to my left is the subject of today's conversation, which is the I-794 spur. Uh, so you don't have to listen to my heavy breathing. Let me explain what brought me out in the snow and cold in Milwaukee. There's a growing movement in our city and across the country to investigate the design of our urban environment and to demand something different. This movement is often referred to as new urbanism, and if you go on Twitter, you'll find self-described urbanists all over talking about the bikeability and walkability of cities, the plight of automobiles, and passionately calling for less highway investment. This is me talking with one of those urbanists, Jacob Krieg. Uh, right now I'm crossing maybe an infamous spot in Milwaukee, which is this intersection of Clyburn, and Lincoln Memorial. What's up, Jacob? Hey, good morning. How's it going? Good, how are you? Good to meet you, good to meet you. Good I was just recording some audio here just to like set the scene. Um, Bridge the city, whoa, whoa. Bridge the city, yeah. Bridge the city, yeah. Gotta bridge the city, the city. Bridge the city, whoa, whoa. Bridge the city, yeah. Bridge the city, yeah. Gotta bridge the city, the city. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. And I'm your host, Benjamin Rangel. So you just heard me meeting with Jacob to learn more about his ideas and how to reimagine the I-794 spur that connects the Hone Bridge in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with I-94, a major north-south interstate highway in the southeastern part of the state. Jacob and others, like Rethink 794, a project from a local land use institute here in the state, are proposing the city and state remove a little less than one mile of the freeway to create a new space for development. Jacob, in particular, is hoping that at least some of that new space might be used for what he has dubbed the Milwaukee Central Park Project, a green space and park whose centerpiece includes an archway and building that would become a well-known landmark and gathering place here in the city recognized across the country and perhaps even the world. Before our field trip to visit the location of the project, Jacob and I discussed his background, inspiration, and the details and goals of the Milwaukee Central Park project. Jacob, thank you so much for being on Bridge the City. I really appreciate your time. And I guess we're going to start off with just introducing yourself, a little bit about your background. Um, So my name is Jacob Krieg. I originally hail from Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Um, Moved down to Milwaukee. Oh, probably 10 years ago, eh, maybe a little shy of that, but uh, I joined the Marines right after high school, was in the Marines for six years. Um, I uh, also got my degree um, from UW-Milwaukee in political science with the uh, original hope of uh, running for alderman or common council or something like that. In the meantime, I worked at the uh, Bartolotta Restaurant Group while in school, uh, worked at Harbor House and uh, Joe Girard's in Mequon helped open that restaurant actually. Then uh, I switched career paths and went into uh, law enforcement and I actually work uh, for a law enforcement agency uh, 
down in uh, on the south side of Milwaukee. But uh, yeah, I've always been interested in uh, architecture and uh, kind of the same as you is, you know, how do we make Milwaukee better? Um, we always heard living in Cedarburg, we always heard these like stories about Milwaukee and, you know, all of our parents were from there, but they they moved out and got out of the city. And uh, and I, I was just was curious about it. And uh, my both of my parents worked downtown and I would come down here and I'd uh, we'd go to German Fest and Summerfest and all those things, and it was a really great time. So uh, uh, I I just wanted to be a part of it. That's why I came down here and uh, started living here. Bought a house in uh, Bayview about four years ago, and uh, yeah, been living here ever since. We're here though to talk about the Milwaukee Central Park project, and your introduction alluded to some connection to this the, the inception of this idea, which is like you spent time living in Milwaukee. You were downtown. The Harbor House is near uh, the the potential site, and so tell the listeners a little bit about the um, the inception and like the the idea behind the Milwaukee Central Park project, and then we'll jump into details about the project itself. Sure, sure. So uh, I was going to school at UWM, and I lived downtown, and so I'd walk to work every day uh, at uh, at Harbor House, and uh, I'd also like to visit the Northwestern Mutual project, uh, the tower that was being built at the time. And I heard about the Couture and all these other uh, big projects. And I was wondering, you know, why don't we have more? Um, and I began kind of like looking around at the landscape and I saw that there was the highway there, the I-794 that was cutting right through downtown on the third ward. And then if you look along the edges of it, there's all these empty parking lots. Uh, and or parking structures, and they really don't add anything to the city. It's almost like a like a black hole, um, and it's just like a void. Um, and so I was like, well, my original idea was, what if we bury the highway? You know, people need the highway. It's obviously here for a reason. The people that built it are a lot smarter than I am, right? That's how it orig originally came into into being. Yeah, and by bury it, you mean like a like a tunnel, essentially, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah. Which I think is something that um, it's not like a absurd idea because it happens right. all over the world, right? Right. Where, you know, interstates or highways go underneath so that you can build something on top. Right. Um, I think where was I recently that they? Um, uh, there's one in uh, Boston. Uh, there yeah, was Boston. Yep. The big That's dig, yep. and uh, they buried it along. Uh, I actually made a comparison video a long time ago uh, where. I, I'm also big on YouTube. I yeah. post videos weekly, um, but um, there's a there was a large tunnel project where it was under underground, curved along uh, the harbor, went up under two rivers and a subway line. I think it was just a a nightmare of a project, uh, but it actually transformed the space and uh, it was really beneficial to the city of Boston. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. I was there visiting friends a while back and. Um, I remember learning about that project. Um, right. So so it's not a tunnel project anymore. Tell the no. listeners about what the Milwaukee Central Park project is, because as um, I was getting excited and, and telling people about this interview, many folks haven't heard of the idea. Some yeah. folks are starting to hear about like uh, different ideas around what to do with uh, the I-794 spur in general in that, yep. that area, because there's a lot of conversation about uh, sort of the drawbacks as to what you identified, but tell listeners about the Milwaukee Central Park project today and how you envision it today. 
What do you see when you look out here? So basically, this is the entrance to a freeway. You know, we've got uh, the Summerfest grounds, we've got Discovery World, we've got the Art Museum, and this is supposed to be a pedestrian-friendly zone. You know, this morning when I was parked, um, we saw all these families, you know, walking across what basically is a six-lane freeway entrance. And, uh, you know, they're walking through the snow. This, this isn't shoveled. You know, it's been two days, um, and they've got little kids, and this is really dangerous, you know? Yeah. And we really need to improve this, make this more of a walkable space. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's uh, a lot of people say this is the worst intersection in the state of Wisconsin. I think the, the best thing to do would probably be to cross the street and okay. to uh, uh, go kitty corner to where we are now. Right now we're on the northwest, or sorry, northeast corner of... Uh, Lincoln Memorial and Clybourne Street right across from the Couture and so we're going to try to get to the southwest corner uh, we're going to try to get to yeah. it <laughs> uh, yeah we're going to hope we're not going to get hit by a car yeah yeah okay uh, so this is basically the site we're at the southwest corner of Clybourne and Lincoln Memorial um, and the idea is that from here this block and then the next block would be the park um, so two blocks worth of park. Yep. And right now, currently, just to like provide listeners with some context, right now, there's to our east is the highway entrances. South. Sorry, sorry, to our south. south well, I guess like southeast. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Because yeah. right. uh, we're like kind of on the corner. But um, to our south and to our east is, is roads. And then to our west, right now, there's, there's trailers for the construction project at the Couture. Uh, but there's other than that, there's nothing. Um, but, uh, there's, I don't know if the, if these trailers weren't here, what else would be here? Is it just like um, so empty the, space? Yeah, this was empty space. It was originally, so actually the freeway came here originally. So where you see those new, uh, that new curve right there, yeah. uh, they moved that and they moved the entrance to the Hone Bridge that was right here. And so they moved it to make this space in order to try to sell the land. This is premium land right here, right? Yeah. Um, and so they were tr ideally trying to build another tower. It was going to be the tallest in the city right next to the, across from the Couture. Um, but it still wouldn't have been very pedestrian friendly. They were talking about making these pedestrian bridges that are going to crisscross. Yeah, that's what I remember. Stuff. I remember when the Couture was first announced, there was a talk of a park and like more pedestrian safe ways to cross over. Yeah, but that's, I still, I don't feel like that's the solution, right? We shouldn't be accommodating cars in that way. We shouldn't build our infrastructure just to accommodate cars. Like if there's a place that's for pedestrians, it should be for pedestrians, yeah. just like the, what they're trying to do with Brady Street. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the idea is that this would be, we'd make Cotu uh, Clybourne, sorry, Clybourne a one-way uh, starting here so that you could only head west. Uh, and then St. Paul Avenue would be extended, um, which would be the, uh, the border to the south of the park. And it would be extended all the way to Lincoln uh, Memorial Boulevard. This entrance here would be pushed back to uh, the intersection of, uh, St. Paul and Lincoln Memorial, and then that's where your incline would start for the bridge. And it would only be an entrance to go south uh, across the Hone Bridge, right. right? Well, well, the the coming north off the Hone Bridge that would also exist. Yeah, yeah. But it would, by the time it gets here, it would have already turned into a uh, uh, a normal street. Uh, gotcha. This is basically the entrance to the highway. I mean, they even have the big 
billboard signs for the highway like you'd see on the freeway. So the idea is that Clybourne would be a one-way headed um, to the west and then St. Paul would be a one-way headed to the east and we could narrow this road so it wouldn't be so hard for families to walk across um, and for people to walk across but I'm envisioning we'd have uh, on the park itself protected bike lanes um, protected pedestrian lanes um, and all of the cars would be separated from it but it would we want trees here uh, an un uninterrupted green space I'm thinking something similar to uh, Cathedral Square where you have bands playing and people coming together celebrating this is like a larger version of that um, but it really identifies like the the heart of Milwaukee the uh, like when you close your eyes, what do you think of? This would what be come to mind. And I'll just point out to you, to our right, we're looking at the U.S. Bank parking structure. Nothing above it. Um, just to the west of that is another parking structure. The backside of Johnson Controls, parking structure. Um, across um, to, the, to the south, south. of uh, St. Paul and Van Buren, parking lot. Right now... Uh, we are trying to remove 794. That is the main goal. Necessarily having a park at one end isn't uh, a need, um, but I think that making my, my slogan is Milwaukee is a destination in and of itself and not a thoroughfare, right? We don't, we don't need to get away from the city, like the city or get through the city. The city is its own thing. You come to the city for itself. And so I think what we need to do is we need to remove that freeway. And then I was, the Central Park Project is more of a focus on, on identity. Like what, what do we want to be known for here in the city? Like what do we, what do we care about? Um, and I think that, you know, we like to connect with one another. We like to, uh, we care about the land. Um, we care about people and gathering and like when you close your eyes and I ask you to name uh, a feature of a different city like Paris, for example, like you can, most people will say like, um, they'll say the, the Eiffel Tower. Or if I, I ask you to say Chicago, they'll say uh, Millennium Park or New York. Maybe they'll say like the Statue of Liberty. And um Milwaukee doesn't necessarily have that you know we have our landmarks but if you were to ask you know the general population that doesn't live here what they would say I think you'd get a different answer every time you'd probably get something like beer like beer is ambiguous right it's 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 a food it's not really a, a landmark you know and so I think that the whole purpose of this was to create a sense of identity to remove the highway create a sense of place um but then um really, really focus on, you know, what we do have here. We're never going to be the biggest city. We're never going to be the richest city. Um, but we, so what do those, what do those places in between do? Well, they have to focus on their, their culture, their heritage, their history. Um, what, and, and, and they have to double down on what they want to be known for. And I think this, this would give us a perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit more about that. And you are right to say that most people wouldn't think of a particular landmark and beer 
uh, is good for the most part, uh, depending on your position on it, of course. But um, it's also can be found and drink anywhere in, in right. the country, right? Like you don't need right. to go to Milwaukee to drink beer no. um, or eat cheese, right? But um, you, do, you do need to go to New York to see the Empire State Building, right? Um, and so, you know, in, in, you're right. When I think of Milwaukee, I bring people to the Calatrava, to the Milwaukee Art Museum. Um, I show off the Home Bridge. I talk about, you know, the history of that because there are certain la landmarks that I know of. But the the regular everyday person who's unfamiliar with Milwaukee doesn't necessarily come to Milwaukee to see the to to see a particular landmark. Um, I think probably honestly right now most people might say the Bucks as the thing that they are most familiar Absolutely. with of our success. That's a um, actually. Can I comment on that? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I was so excited. I'm like a lifelong Bucks fan, um, and we won the championship in in 2019, and. They had the parade through the streets of Milwaukee, which was incredible. Um, but where did they have the gathering celebration? They had it in a parking lot next to the Buck Stadium. Like, we can do better than that. We can definitely do better than, than that. And I was thinking, you know, Milwaukee Central Park project would be a perfect venue for that. It's in the heart of the city. It's right on the lakefront. It's at the, the gateway to our whole world you know um and it would provide a beautiful backdrop for people to gather and things like that um and we're not asking for much we're we're asking for two blocks of uh it's basically from jackson to lincoln memorial and from clybourne to saint paul um and that would provide a venue that the whole city could use i think that would be uh, a a great yeah place uh and then we can focus on development in those other parking lots but a, a place specifically designed for connections and um for celebration you mentioned a sense of identity and culture and i would say the central piece of the park project is the archway yes talk a bit about that for i mean i had never heard of sort of the inspiration behind it and so talk a little bit about the archway and just for listeners so so the listeners know um hopefully if, if it's okay with you jacob we'll have images and, and such and, and yes. then you made a short video available all of this will be available on our website in the show notes and so folks can can it's hard to hear and imagine exactly what we're talking about but uh, we're going to try our best jacob tell us about the archway yes yeah, so in 18 I got it right here. 1898, um, they built an arch, um, and there's not a whole lot of information about this. And I, I, I didn't actually know this was a thing uh, until like last year. Um, and basically, right in front of the Fister Hotel on Wisconsin Avenue, uh, basically between the Fister Hotel and the Federal Courthouse, um, they built this arch. It has three archways. It's, it looks very similar to other arches you'd find around the world. Um, but I haven't been able to find one exactly like it, but it was made for the 50th, so, uh, 50th year anniversary of Wisconsin's statehood. So Wisconsin became a state in 1848. And then 50 years later, 1898, they built this arch and it's called, it was called the carnival arch. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, kind of where the idea took, uh, inspiration from and, uh, it would be able to, you know, provide some of that history of our statehood. And uh, it's got these large uh, faces on it. And I thought that these faces could be 
Uh, I recently went to Washington, D.C. for a work trip. Um, and we could use these large faces to kind of describe the history of Wisconsin. And I love the callback to to Wisconsin's history. And maybe there's some historians and architectural historians listening to this episode and they can give us a little bit more information. You can even imagine like somehow finding some of the remnants of this old uh, version of the arc and or of the arch and uh, using it somehow in the construction. I don't know. There's a lot of really cool, innovative ways to think of it. But yeah, it, it also reminds me of the Arc de uh, Triomphe. Yeah, in, Arc de uh, Triomphe and the yeah. Champ, Champ de Mars in Paris. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we could do something similarly here. You know, we have our arch. I, I don't want it to necessarily be in like an arch. I would want it to be more like a building. Like the top has like a, a large hall for, you know, when we get 10 inches of snow, you know, you can't really do much uh, outdoor activity. So make it an, a building that people can still gather in and still, you know, participate in, you know, whatever it is, um, but a, a venue for for that sort of discussion. And so maybe have yeah. elevators or stairs in the in the um, the feet of it goes all the way to the top and then. You know, it's almost like a viewing platform at the same time. Right. To your point about like, what do people know about Milwaukee when they think of Milwaukee? What do they think of? Another potential thing they think of could be the lake. We have this yes. amazing freshwater resource yes. that is only going to only going to become more important. Right. And so um, this arch or the, the viewing platform at the top of it would would also likely, depending on how yep. everything else shapes out, show off the water. Right. Yep. 360 degrees. And actually something I forgot to mention about how this came into to be um, was there was initially for the couture, uh, there was supposed to be a building also to the south of that uh, never materialized. I know they're still pushing for it, um, but that whole project was called the Lakefront Gateway Project. OK, and it has nothing to do with a gateway whatsoever. And I think that this would be more fitting for like a gateway project. Uh, basically, you know, the lake represents the rest of the world. It represents the whole world because in theory, we have ships that come into our ports and they can sail to anywhere in the world. Um, so it represents welcoming everyone into the city of Milwaukee, represents what we what we have here, what's important to us. And it's not a highway. It's not getting to somewhere else. It's our city, our people, our culture. That's what's important. Yeah. And so let's actually pivot a little bit and talk about what it is now and maybe address some of the potential criticisms or critiques of the project, which is that at the end of the day, you're going to you're asking for a road that is theoretically used today, the I-794 spur, and you're asking for that to be removed. And so um, somebody who uses that, cars, you know, are on the on that road every single day. Talk a little bit about, just like, I, I guess, address that potential issue that sure. people won't be able to, you know, get use that road and get where they normally would be able to get to without it. Sure. So um, this is a, a huge topic that, this, it's the number one argument as to why we shouldn't do this. Um, and a lot of people really love I-794 because it is overbuilt and underutilized. Now, what does that mean? It means that it's empty. The reason people love it is because there's no traffic on it. You can just drive as fast as you'd like, uh, get to where you're going. It's almost like a, it's almost like a cheat code or a shortcut. 
Um, and I'd like to be clear that I don't want to remove the hone bridge, okay? That is, to me, that is a vital link between Bayview, where I live, and downtown. Um, but the part that connects to, um, that connects to the Marquette interchange, where you can go to Green Bay, Madison, or Chicago, um, that, that connection piece is what I'm trying to remove. Or and myself and other organizations like Rethink I seven ninety four. That's a that's a great organization that has the same goals that I do, um, and we're both trying to work together on that. But my argument to to those people, like myself living in Bayview, is instead of going to the east to get on seven ninety four, I could go to the west and get on ninety four, which takes me to the exact same place, and and then and then only pertains to if I'm trying to get somewhere other than Milwaukee, right? If I'm trying to get to Madison or if I'm trying to get to Green Bay, but most of the time I'm just going to Milwaukee. And so and myself and others, you know, so keep 794, keep the Hone Bridge um, connection right onto Lincoln Memorial Boulevard. But really there's only one exit you can get off at besides Lincoln Memorial and that's uh, Milwaukee Street. And Milwaukee Street is only four blocks away from Lincoln Memorial. So the same, the, the people that are complaining about it are people that could either choose to go a different direction initially, instead of turning right, they go left. Um, or they just want um, to get off at three blocks closer to wherever they're going within the heart of the city. I, I don't think that's a valid reason to keep that but to be fair uh the state is going to be conducting a study on it let me just chime in here and say that the state has recently released that study this past june and you will see nine proposed concepts one of those concepts simply repairs the infrastructure and really doesn't do much else six others are for freeway improvements and two are concepts for freeway removal from the perspective of many advocates, this is a positive sign given the fact that the initial proposal or discussion around the I-794 spur back in the fall of 2022 didn't even suggest freeway removal as an option. Um, I know there's a lot of people pushing for this, and it's not necessarily if people use from Bayview to 794, it's it's that transition point. Who? How many people go from uh, 794 towards Madison or 794 towards um, Green Bay uh, or Chicago or whatever it is. It's that it's that link and vice versa. How many people are coming from Madison, Green Bay, the suburbs and coming down into uh, St. Francis area? Th those are the numbers that we need to know. And I'd like to compare those and contrast contrast those with the 94 numbers. You know, we're we're talking about rebuilding uh, the freeway in front of uh, Miller Park, or sorry, uh, American Family Field, and um, like, what does the volume look like? But it's the same size highway, right? And so I think we need to really take a hard look at ourselves, and also who's asking for it. Um, I think that's also another important thing: is a lot of the people that are against the project don't actually live in the city of Milwaukee, and it's because they want a super convenient way to come from their bedroom communities in the suburbs, fly down downtown at 55 miles an hour, get off the get off the highway and screech into their parking lot so they can go to work and then do the exact opposite when they're going home. I don't think that we should destroy the city 
divide the city because that's what freeways do divide the city and uh, separate these communities just because people who don't actually live here want a more convenient ride. Talk a little bit about the other added benefits that I can imagine that come from making the space more pedestrian and and bike friendly, uh, thinking about like a complete streets model of, of urban development. Uh, right now, literally, you can't walk or bike on the on 794, at least not safely or legally. Right. Um, so um, talk about that other added benefit. I think that the benefit would be higher commerce. Uh, we're getting more people to spend money to stay in the same area, to live where they play, um, I think is a, a, a good point. Um, you know, the mayor of Milwaukee, Mayor Johnson, uh, wants to uh, boost Milwaukee's uh population to over a million. And I think that the only way we're going to do that is if we have more residential uh, buildings for people to live at. Um, but then if you take away the parking requirements, um, it's going to be awfully hard. If you don't take away the parking requirements, it's going to be awfully hard to build all that in that space. And then so you need a city that's better connected uh, through pedestrian and uh, bicycle trans transit. Um, and so uh, right now, where 794 is sitting between Lincoln Memorial and Marquette Interchange, there's 12 blocks of unused space that could be that could be um, built up in order to uh, transform the city. You know, we can do a lot with. Um, you, you look at uh, the Ascent Tower, tallest timber tower in the world, built by uh, Tim Gokman. Uh, it's a fantastic project. And think about how many people live there. Uh, same thing with uh, 777 uh, Van Buren Street by uh, Northwestern, Northwestern Mutual. It's a fantastic project. We have all these people living downtown. And I'd argue that a lot of them actually live close to where they work, you know, so they don't have to go away. They don't have to commute. Um, and I think that's the model that we should be headed towards uh, instead of this commuter, you know, car centric lifestyle that we have. Next thing I want to talk about is additional potential, besides the critics, additional uh, obstacles. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about how much is it going to cost? And then also just bureaucratic obstacles. I know the relationship between the city of Milwaukee and the state isn't always the best, although it seems to have improved a little bit under Mayor Johnson's efforts. Uh, that said, um, you know, I, I, Milwaukee is sometimes... Uh, our hands are tied as a city, as a municipality in terms of these big infrastructure projects, because we rely on the um, connection and the um, collaboration with state officials, which aren't always on the same page as us. Um, and so talk a little bit about that. We can start with the, the cost. Is there any sort of price tag to what it would take to destroy or take down 794 and then uh, build something like the Central Park Initiative? Yeah, so the only cost I directly have is they are looking at repairing uh, the curve that goes from the Hone Bridge to um, the straightaway that runs east-west on 794. And they're looking to re repair that. And if you if you go underneath there... Uh, well, actually, we did go underneath, and it was a sight to see. And so where are you taking me now? So we're going to go to the... Uh, to the southwest corner of Jackson and um, Clybourne Street um, and basically show you the underside of 794. We've got exposed 
um, rebar and fallen pieces of concrete and uh, just to, just to show you how bad of shape this is this is uh, the the part that they're trying to replace this curve so this is what the couple how, how many millions around 330 million dollars was the original proposal um, the state is going to be doing a study uh, to see if that number is accurate um, but I think that we that money would be better invested in just removing it and then uh, preventative maintenance costs in the future um, but yeah we're gonna cross here okay okay so right now we are on the corner of Jackson, Jackson and, uh, Clyburn. Clyburn this is exposed rebar uh, there's rust everywhere there's chunks of concrete that are completely missing uh, you can see that they've actually tried to do some patchwork on it um, which is a terrible sign <laughs> um, I I'm worried as to how long this will actually hold up and cars are coming down here uh, underneath all the time and what if uh, one of those pieces falls off and damages a vehicle I'm sure it's happened before um, but uh, and you can see that that far one over there too yeah it's even worse yeah um, but yeah this is just a, a costly uh, endeavor to, to keep this up keep the maintenance of this um, and so your proposal would be to just remove this yep uh, re uh, transform this space and we're, right now where we'd be standing would be the end of the park yes yeah, so this is uh, Jackson Street would be the uh, would be the western edge of the park looking uh, east towards the lake and it looks pretty large from here but it's really only two blocks of space there's this block and then the next block that we just walked on um, but then the idea is once the whole freeway is removed all these parking structures will instead of backward facing to the freeway everything will be frontward facing and then think about the value of this land right here that the freeway is sitting on i think that to rebuild it would be more expensive than just to tear down i know that when the park east was removed i know that that was uh that was a, a number of years ago but i think it was only about 25 million to bulldoze it and get rid of it now also you got to keep in mind that's a much shorter freeway is much smaller if you're like me you may not have known about the park east freeway debacle here in milwaukee essentially there were plans to build more freeways believe it or not cutting through the city including one that would have completely transformed the lakefront but similarly to calls for removing 794 residents organized and those plans were never complete however According to the city of Milwaukee's website, one stretch of the plan did get built and became an underutilized freeway spur blighting the neighborhood. It wasn't until 2002, after decades of debilitating effects from the elevated freeway, that the spur was removed, freeing up to 24 acres of downtown property for redevelopment. So that removal project does give some insight into potential expenses for removing 794, but in addition to the questions about cost, Jacob identified a few other obstacles. These include the potential loss of access to the Port of Milwaukee, which he suggests Beecher Street further south could be an alternative. Uh, a second roadblock, pun intended, is tearing down a relatively new piece of infrastructure. While some of 794 is crumbling and needs to be addressed, there are other parts that are pretty new. Jacob suggested a staggered removal of the entire 794 spur to address those concerns. Finally, for Jacob, this project and the importance of it is bigger than just a new park here in the city of Milwaukee. I think that the biggest thing is that it's just what 
what do we want to be? You know, we have to define that for ourselves. You know, every day you look in the mirror, you have to t tell yourself what, or you have to decide what you want to be that day. And I think that this project is a direct reflection, not only for the city of Milwaukee, but for the state of Wisconsin as a whole, you know, uh, cities, I, I, I read a book uh, by uh, John Norquist. Uh, it's called The Wealth of Cities. And I hope uh, people who are uh, passionate about this um, would, would also be willing to read it because he talks about how cities are organic. They're, they're, he says, nations, powers of nations can rise and fall. You know, uh, it, happens in Euro it happened in Europe and all over the world. Um, you know, one regime takes over and then the, the borders change around, but the city stays. Well, Jacob, this has been a great conversation. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, every episode of Bridge of City ends with tangible action steps in how to get involved and make a difference in the community. And so if somebody's listening to this, they like what they hear, what are some action steps that you can provide to listeners that they can do tomorrow, next week, either to help with your project or just in general as, as people, residents living in the city of Milwaukee? Sure, absolutely. So I'd, I'd say that uh, if you care about this project, please reach out to our uh, email. Uh, it's Milwaukee Central Park Project at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Twitter, a Facebook page, a YouTube channel. Um, all of those things are. Uh, great to reach out to get involved. Um, I check them pretty much daily. Uh, I am looking for certain things. I just recently got a logo uh, designed by a young man, uh, Carter Gustafsson. He uh, designed that for me. Um, I love it. Uh, but I also am looking for um, website. You know, I'm looking for a legitimate plan, uh, 3D modeling uh, help. Um, people that are in the know and I've grown a pretty large following based on just nights and weekends. And so I think that, uh, if, if you're listening to this and you just have a little bit of time, um, getting connected to myself or getting connected to other organizations doesn't have to particularly support mine, but, uh, I think getting connected at all and trying to improve the city in any way that you can, I think that's important. So, uh, please get up there do something, you know, maybe for like an hour a week. Uh, and you'd be really excited to see the change. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Jacob, for being on Bridges City. Thank you for having me. I appreciate everything that you do. Thank you for listening to Bridges City. And thank you to Jacob Krieg, who is really the ideal Bridge the City listener, right? Bridge the City is all about action, getting people involved and engaged in the community. And he saw something that he thought could be better, could be different. And he is taking initiative on a volunteer basis to make that happen. Um, and so if you are a listener and you're doing something cool and innovative that is going to change the city of Milwaukee or you know somebody who's doing that work, please feel free to reach out and give us any recommendations for future episodes. Please share our podcast. You can find us wherever you find podcasts, as they say. Uh, follow us on social media and consider becoming a patron. For as little as $4.14 a month, you can support Bridges City and help keep this going. We have some really exciting stuff coming in the coming weeks. We have a new producer who's on the team that you'll get to meet in the next episode and um, just got a lot of new energy with the podcast. And so I really am looking forward to continuing this work with you all. And as always, make sure you reach out and let us know how you have helped bridge the city. Bridge the city.
Here's the city.